Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Regen Racing Podcast. I'm your host Dino, and this time, no Nath, but we do have a special guest, Chris Soulsby, Motorsport Monday. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Very, very glad to be on. Yeah, thank you for coming at such short notice. I uh, I noticed that the time difference is is not kind. Yeah, it's uh, half past eleven at night here, so it's a uh, it's going to be a late one. It's going to be a late one, but I'm glad to be on. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no so, uh, firstly, I guess uh, a little bit about Motorsport Monday. What is it, um, and uh, do you follow a lot of Formula E? So I am Motorsport Monday's Formula E editor. Uh, I've been writing for the magazine for the past year, and we are one of the largest uh, motorsport magazines in the world. Wow! So we have a yeah, we have a UK edition, a South African edition, and US edition, and I front Formula E coverage for them. That's incredible. Yeah, I am a uh, I'm on the mailing list. So Oh brilliant. Uh, there's some some very good articles. Um and yeah, I mean it's incredible. How often do you guys do it? So we're a weekly magazine. We uh, get published every Monday morning. Um this this week's issue, issue two hundred and ninety six for the UK, I believe it is. Was our last issue of the year, but we will be back at the start of January, uh, for a full season of racing. Uh, once more so i'm very very excited for that obviously and uh you know looking forward to the new season and for it to start well continue perfect all righty so i'm not sure if you've you've listened to many of our episodes but uh what we do to start the show is uh something something a little bit different called media of the week where we just look at uh something we've been listening to uh playing or uh watching over the past wee while for our listeners to check out so my one this week is Coast New Zealand. Okay, right. So, historian um, Neil Oliver, uh, and he has brought on quite a few local experts because he is clearly not a Kiwi. Um, okay. But he looks at the coastline and uh, specific towns and regions throughout New Zealand. So, uh, good if any, any listeners out there are coming to New Zealand, uh, they'll know where to go on holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so check that out. Very, very cool. Now, jumping right into the news. Neil Yarny has been announced as the first Porsche Formula E team driver. Okay, so he's back. Have you, uh, have you heard much about him recently? Um, so, Neil, I actually saw in at the Zurich Ypres. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I saw him about. I obviously, he left Dragon at the end of the Hong Kong Ypres. So um, he's back with Porsche. Um, very exciting, I would say. Raced with them in uh, WEC for a few seasons, up until the end of last year, I believe. Um, so I'm very excited to see him, actually. So yeah. Do you think that the circumstances around his his uh, Hong Kong, um, I mean, I mean, Dragon was well off the pace, two eighteenth yes, place finishes. Yes. So um, is he better than that? I would say absolutely. I mean, Neil Sharney is a is a world class driver, arguably one of the best in the world in my eyes. I think he's fantastic. And when I heard that he was racing for Dragon in season four, I was genuinely thrilled to hear that. Um, and then when he left, obviously after the two rounds, I was quite disappointed. Mm. But with Dragon last season, they did have a lot of a lot of knockbacks. So um, they lost their technical partner in Faraday Future. Uh, which hurt them. Yeah, I forget about that actually. Faraday Future, they, I'm hearing about them a lot on uh, EV News Daily. 
and um, their struggles and uh, how they are, yeah, just looking for more funding and and really just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that they're in a very bad situation right now, which is, it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate, but yeah, it's very hard to uh, break into the industry, obviously. So are you, you're genuinely excited about his, his appointment? I'm absolutely thrilled about uh, Neil Shani joining the series. I think very good signing and you know very good driver. So absolutely can't wait to see what he can do. I guess while we're on uh, Porsche and their entry, who would you expect to see in that second seat? I mean, there's there's a few, and obviously Brendan Hartley, the Kiwi. Yes, he has recently, you know, announced he's a Porsche factory driver. Do you think he would be in the running? I think Brendan Hartley, absolutely. I think he's probably one of the main candidates for that second seat i know that he has said that he has unfinished business in formula one but i've also read comments from from brendan saying you know formula e is definitely something that i would want to consider and personally i think i think it'd be a very good fit in that second seat yeah i really do too and it would yeah. it would obviously be nice to uh to have two kiwis in formula e um so yeah i mean nath my co-host and and i are all for it so yeah so uh, hopefully we'll see him in there. We won't find out for a while, though, I would imagine. No, I don't think so. no. That's all right. That's one to watch. Now, uh, we'll move into the events that happened in the past weekend. So the IPACE e-trophy. Did you watch this one? I did, and I reported on it. You can read that in Motorsport Monday. Perfect. Uh, very exciting times. Uh, for the Jaguar IPC trophy, um, you know, Formula E has its own official support series now. The first uh, electric production car series as well, I believe. So it was a historic occasion for Jaguar. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, it was a big day, obviously, to um to see to see the cars. Um, and and obviously, Jaguar wants wants to see them all running. Um, I mean, it would have mm-hmm. been a bit of a catastrophe if they'd broken down, or you know, things were. Things weren't going to plan, but it yeah, was yeah. it was incredible. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it was a very important weekend for them. The uh, the IPC trophy car is identical to the uh, the actual IPC um, car that's on the road at the moment. Yeah. Uh, it's just stripped back, so very good for the championship. And uh, the Kiwi Simon Evans, um, predicted yes. by Nathan. I obviously we don't know many of the other drivers, um, but Sergio Jimenez in second. What a move. What a move in the closing stages on Brian Sellers. It was stunning, wasn't it? Uh, up the inside of turn 14 in the penultimate lap, if I remember correctly. I mean... It was a fantastic, fantastic overtake. Those cars are quite wide. And to... I mean, you have to get your elbows out. And in those particular mm-hmm. cars, I mean, they are, they look built like a tank. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you can afford to do that, obviously. but. Yeah, yeah, what a move. What a move. It, it was fantastic. I mean, um, Sergio really was. He was shaping up Brian for most of the race. I mean, the, uh, the top three were running in formation for most of the 25 minutes, from what I remember. Yeah, that's right. And, um, yeah, someone had to make a move, and Sergio was the one. Yeah, so there was no qualifying uh, due to the rain in the middle of the desert, um, which we'll also talk about uh, in the Formula E bit that we're going to focus on next but um that meant that Catherine Legg was a wee way down the field uh, and also Alice Powell as well so 
yeah. they actually did a really good job. Alice Powell finishing yes, fifth. Yes, yes. Yeah, so um, obviously the lack of qualifying really, really, really did harm a few drivers uh, in the IPC trophy. So for Catherine, uh, with RLL, the Rahal Lederman Landigan Racing Squad, she wanted to be up there. She would have been wanting to be at the front of the pack. And um, I think she started in eighth. So that obviously really harmed her race. But as for Alice, uh, Alice Powell, that was her first time behind the wheel of a race car in three years, I believe. Incredible. I'd sign her up straight away. And that was that was stunning. Uh, absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, she fought through the field, two overtakes on, ooh, let me think. I want to say Alasai and someone else, but absolutely stunning from her. She won the Pro-Am category. Yeah, well-deserved. So, really well deserved. Good. Very, very, very well-deserved. And I think she is probably my driver of the day, to be honest. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with you there. I think she was um, she was on it like a car bonnet, uh, yeah. to use a, a little saying, but... yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And the fastest lap going to Catherine Legg. She was absolutely yes. flying in the in the later stages was, as well. She was really, really um throwing the car around at the end of the race and Yeah. Quite right. So, you know, she was um she was going for it and I can't wait to see what Catherine can do this year. We saw her contest IMSA this season, um, throughout twenty eighteen, so very exciting. Yeah, for a support series. It is it is well on the way to um yeah, becoming a must watch. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice to see a few more cars on the grid, but uh, hopefully we'll see that in a few rounds' time and, you know, see it grow. Absolutely. So there was only 12 cars. Um, I'm sure there'll be quite a few more for the next race. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, Formula E. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about Fan Boost. I mean, this was Stoffel Van Dorn. When I first looked at it, he had over 50% of the vote. Uh, it ended up that he had 355 uh, and then it went down to 13.49 for Felipe Massa, and then just mm-hmm. above 7 for the other three. So obviously 7% looks like that magical number. Yes. Will Stoffel Van Dorn get fan boost in every single race? I think so. Um, yeah. I think Stoffel's a very popular driver. He's just come from McLaren in Formula 1, and he's got a, a massive, massive fan base. And we've uh, we've been seeing him. Plug the, the fan boost throughout uh, the run-up to the race, obviously. Famously in practice, too, I think it was. Putting his, uh, the actual fan boost voting system in front of the TV camera and asking people to vote for him. <laughs> well, it, but, it certainly um, worked. It, it did certainly work, yeah. About 35.5% of the vote. But I think we will see Stoffel with fan boost in most, if not all, races this season. I think the uh, official hash- hashtag was uh, van boost, which works perfectly, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that fits very well. Fits very well. Now, Nath, he's he's never voted in fan boost. He's not a fan. Uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, in this one, we didn't see Jev. We didn't see Bowami. Uh, and yes, and really, a bit of a a bit of a topsy turvy sort of mm-hmm. crew. Apart from yeah, obviously, you know, Apt and Degrassi, who seem to frequently get it. Is this a good thing? Um, I think the more unpredictable fan boost is the better. I mean, I, last season we saw Luca Filippi um, pop into the top three uh, on occasion, I think it was four. Yeah, I love Filippi. I want to say the first race of the season. I want to say the first race of the season. But um, I think the more unpredictable fan boost is the better. I mean, we saw Buemi not inside the top five, or Jev. Uh, apt as a regular, regular appearance in fan boost. He had 
11 fan boosts in 12 races last year, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it's just getting Which to the insane, insane point. Insane. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So that was the fan boost. Qualifying. A bit interesting in qualifying. Both of the official practice sessions uh, were cancelled due to the rain, which I think it was it was said that the commentary only three days on average per year that they get rain in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, apparently so. So unlucky. But um so that meant there was no Super Bowl shootout. So it was just your best lap, bank it, done. Yeah. And DaCosta comes out on top. Yes he did. Stunning lap. Absolutely stunning. It was a very quick lap. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought Dillman was unlucky. He decided to do quite a few more laps and uh, disregard the rules as well as Oliver Turvey. Yeah, I think he did 10 in total, uh, total of 10 laps. Yeah, no wonder he got second then. Yeah. St- yeah. So, um, no, I think uh, DaCosta did an exceptional job to get on pole. Uh, obviously, we saw him top um, pre-season testing for Andretti, or BMW i Andretti. Yeah. Um, but very exciting times ahead. I think it was 0.165 seconds separating him from Dillman, but obviously we saw Dillman get excluded from the final result and start last. But yeah, I think it was um, it was very interesting to watch, especially with the uh, the uh, two groups instead of the four. I expected the second group, as did many, to um, go a lot faster given the drying conditions, but that was not the case. No, it wasn't. I'm I'm pleased to see the Dragon car up there. Obviously, Dragon really struggling last year. So, Jose Maria Lopez, that was that was a stunning lap. Also, fortunate for Max Gunther, who made his debut uh, this weekend, crashing in a uh, Group B. Yeah, no, that but, was uh, unfortunate. Yeah, and the Audi cars, uh, they were nowhere. This is yeah. They um. This is looking bleak. Um, and hopefully, hopefully the testing afterwards will sort them out a little bit because it yeah. was yeah, it was telling. I mean, we saw we saw neither uh, Degrassi or Abt inside the top ten in qualifying, and then Degrassi was later um, excluded from the final result along with uh, Sam Bird and Robin Friends. Who are using uh, Audi powered uh, Audi powertrains this season? Um, so it isn't looking great at the moment uh, for the reigning champions. But I think being Audi, they can very easily turn it round. Uh, I mean, last season we saw them very much struggle in the first three or four races. I mean, Degrassi didn't secure points until Mexico City. Yeah. Then got seven podiums on the trot. I don't think you can ever count Degrassi or Audi out. Um, so. No, absolutely not. Okay, into the race. Uh, this was an absolute cracker. <laughs> this, this. <laughs> it, it was very good. It definitely, definitely stood up to expectation in my eyes. Anyway, I mean, there are a few people that were, um, a bit disappointed about the commentary and and just ironing out all those little things, but I I reckon it was an amazing spectacle. So, yeah. So pole for DaCosta. Uh, so he gets the extra three points uh, for pole position. Uh, the fastest lap for Andre Lotera. And if you have a look at the Tachitas, uh, both in the one minute twelves. So Jev with a one twelve seven fifty is his fastest lap, and Lotera one twelve five nine one. That's that's quick. Mm-hmm. That's very 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 fast compared to the others. Uh, DaCosta with a one thirteen point two six five, 
and that was he was our race winner, obviously. Yeah, it's still pretty pretty fast, but um, I think yeah, had had the che- cheetah guys not got the penalties, that would have been a one two. I think it it would have been a slam dunk one two, absolutely. I mean, we saw Jev um on the back of the Costa at the end of the race, just over four tenths of a second at the finish line, and that is thoroughly impressive. In my eyes, I think it's quite clear that DS Tachita are probably the team to beat this season. Yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely looking that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mortara had a problem and went straight on into the barrier at the first or second corner. Uh, he did reverse out, but that was pretty much him done. Uh, Felix yeah. Rosenquist had a problem, uh, which is disappointing on his return because I think he was running pretty well at that point. Yeah, he was uh, carving his way through the field. Yeah, he was. He was the man on the move in the first lap. He gained three or four positions, I want to say. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, he hasn't lost it. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, it was a shame to see him uh, not finish, but you know, it's a tough love. Tough love. Tough love. Uh, Lopez missing the activation point uh, f- for the uh, for the yes. attack mode twice now. His race ended uh, rather spectacularly. I don't think he hit the wall, but... Uh, I think it was a suspension failure. Something broke on his car. Something. Yeah. Now, attack mode, what were your thoughts on this and the way it's implemented and the TV graphics, everything? What, what, what are you thinking about it? I really liked it. Uh, I had my... I was a bit concerned. I thought it was very uh, confusing to uh, un- potentially understand in the run-up to the race. I don't think it was very well communicated no. to fans. No. Um, but, um, mm. yeah, seeing it on track in use, that really did demonstrate very well and showcase it very well, and I think it's a very very good uh, very good idea, in all honesty. Um, so did you know that uh, it was going to be for four minutes at a time with the chevrons showing on the screen? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay, because, yeah, I sort of missed that, uh, and, and I actually wondered how it was going to work. So, yeah, I thought, perfect. Yeah. I think it was very confusing to understand, but given an actual visual representation in a race format, race environment, it was um, a lot clearer, a lot clearer. And do you think it makes up for the strategy component of not having the pit stops with uh, the, the uses, two uses? There were cars like Oliver Rowland who unfortunately had used both before the uh, full course yellow. And of course all of the other cars could use their second boost under full course yellow, saving them time. Uh, strategy element good for you? Um, I think so. I mean, I, I will uh, miss Formula E's pit stops. That was one of my favourite things, uh, watching teams practice pit stops on media day. Yeah, mine too. But um, I, I will really miss that. But I think, it, I think it's got a lot of potential and a lot of promise, and I think it can deliver. I mean, we really saw that with the late safety car in the race, uh, with uh, DaCosta uh, using his um, attack mode, and then Jeff following, and that really cost Ambrosio as well in the final result. So it's uh, very strategic about when to use it, when to use it, you know. Very interesting. I'm I'm really excited by it actually. Uh, I think I think it'll go well in in places where you won't get so much overtaking. Um, Monaco's coming to mind yeah. right now. Uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be great. So 
I think that would be very exciting. And I found it pretty easy to follow as well with the cars coming through with the blue lights on the halo. I, I loved that integration as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it was quite hard to spot the blue lights at times, but um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic way to implement what well, really use the uh, the halo um, for some purpose other than protecting someone. Yeah. But um, I really like that. Really, really, really like that. Now, something I haven't thought of uh, with teammates' split strategies. Will we see people defending others if they're in the title fight, just using, going offline, getting the attack mode, and just, mm -hmm. you know, going past a car and then going slow? I honestly haven't thought about that until this moment. Very interesting idea. Uh, but I think, you know, teams will know what they're going to do. Yeah. Teams will know. That'd be interesting. Uh, and, and what did you think of uh, Mitch Evans? We, we're both fans of Mitch Evans, so we try and talk about him every single episode. What did you think of his race finishing fourth? I thought Mitch did a very good job uh, finishing in fourth. Um, unfortunately, not that podium. It still marks Jaguar's highest on-track finish, I believe. Yes, um, I think. Yeah, but very encouraging, I think. Very encouraging at the moment. I spoke to Mitch uh, in the run-up to the season, and um, very excited about what Jaguar has on offer. Okay, so Chris, is De Costa in the title fight after that showing? Your thoughts? I think I think so, yeah. I think he will be in the, the title fight, but um, BMW will have to do a bit of work because Tachita were so strong. They were very, very, very fast in uh, Adiria. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we had the test sessions um, post-race, so we'll see what they could um, gather from that. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll see in Marrakesh in uh, January if they if they can continue that performance and pace. It's going to be hard to wait till January. Yeah, it's a, it's a very long way away. I think it's January 12th, I want to say. Yeah, that's the one. January 12th. But it's a, it's a long old wait. Yeah, oh, it will be. I just want more of the racing. just want more of those Gen 2 cars. Yeah, I can't get enough. The, uh, the race was superb to watch. Superb. So uh, the Constructors' Championship update, uh, DS Tachita with 29 points. And we've got uh, the uh, sole recipient of the 28 points. So the win and pole, Antonio Felix da Costa. So BMW, 28 points. We have uh, Mahindra on 15. Nissan Edams on 14. Panasonic Jaguar on 13. And Audi on 6. Envision. Neo, Venturi, GOX Dragon, and HWA all with nothing. Yeah, perfect. That that uh, yeah really sums it up. A lot of teams mm -hmm. quite close, um, and Audi, Audi nowhere, um, but picking up six points, and obviously BMW and Tachita going well up the front. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean. Alexander Sims was running consistently inside the top 10 in the second BMW car. And um, he faced a, a lot of penalties in the race. I don't know all of what, you know, what they were all for. I can't tell you right now. I'd have to look into it. But um, so many penalties, I think. Had Sims finished in the top 10, we would have seen BMW uh, with the lead. I think most of the penalties were due to the 
there was a bump in the track, and so I think that was also what oh, happened. The power issue. That's the one. Yeah, too much using too much power. So um, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean that's what um, Jeff and Lodera uh, were penalised for Ooh. overuse yes. of power under regen, I believe. Yep. So that'll obviously obviously be fixed in the software um yeah somehow before the next race and we probably won't see much of that going forward yeah i mean because of the lack of running with it being a new car as well that that really did that problem did manifest for a number of teams in the race i know uh, felipe massa i've got a similar penalty sims as well um so it'll get ironed out in due course i would imagine yeah they'll they'll iron it out yeah so uh driver of the day who is your driver of the day, Chris? It's hard call, but I'm going to say Jean-Eric Verne. I think um, Verne really did impress. He started in fifth, battled his way up, took the lead. Two-second lead from De Costa after that, then got his penalty, battled back through, and then finished four-tenths adrift. Yeah, that and that was um, pretty awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic to watch. Pleasure to watch. So. I'm going to go with Oliver Rowland, starting 14th, mm-hmm. finishing 7th, and that was partly due to the fact he got a bit a bit unlucky with the full course yellow and using both, um, I think Buemi, uh both Nissan cars had used both charges of the attack mode, so they both got unlucky. That was the only reason he was down there. So, yeah, great, great race from him. Obviously only doing one more, one race before with Mahindra. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Roland's a very uh, attractive uh, opportunity, well, attractive prospect for season five. Yeah. Very, very, very exciting. I mean, Albin going to Formula One with Toro Rosso, he's just jumped in the car. He he got quite a bit of testing, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it's just picked up where Albin's left off by the look of it. Yeah. Jump in and drive, essentially, uh, and it was very impressive. It was, yeah. So I'm interested to see where he ends up at the end of the year because, yeah, great start by him. I think it's very exciting to see him. Uh, I can't wait to watch the driver throughout the rest of the season. I think I put this in a, in a tweet after the race. Uh, probably one of the uh, the most exciting uh, drives on the grid, especially. Absolutely. So cannot wait to see Oliver. Okay. So in our prediction league, uh, there's only only myself, Nath, and uh, Dan from uh, Formula One slash E reviews on YouTube. Uh, so he got six points, and myself and Nath got three points. So he is in the lead, um, and I'll I'll do some predictions for Marrakesh as well soon. Uh, if you'd like to join us, there is still some time. Um, Chris, is this something you'd be interested in? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I might as well. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably come yeah. and destroy me and Nath as well. That's cool. Why um, not? You never know. <laughs> so, yeah, what we do is we do the Super Bowl. Uh, in in okay. the case of obviously not having a Super Bowl, it was the top five. Um, we also do the podium, and, and those two don't need to be in any order. It's just getting, you know, getting the guys in Super Pole and Getting on the podium. Right. Yes. Uh, and the first retirement. You can uh, send those through to hello at regenracingpodcast.com, uh, Twitter or Facebook. So the uh, test after the uh, inaugural Saudi Arabia yes. Adria E Prix. 
Sam Bird was quickest. Yes, he was, and um, his teammate Robin Friends uh, topped the opening session of the, uh, the day in the morning. Now, why was that pace not shown <laughs> on on the race day? Unfortunately, I'm not a uh, Sylvan Filippi. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't say, but um, I think the lack of practice really did harm harm a number of teams. And um... yeah, yeah, same too. Um, and we saw quite a few uh, women driving driving the other car um, for for most of the teams, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Tatiana Calderon for Tachita. Neo with Jamie Chadwick as well. Yeah, who who impressed you? Um, I think Simona de Silvestro, definitely. Um, Simona was the fastest of the female drivers, I believe. And she was the in the Venturi. Yeah, she was in the Venturi, so she raced um, in season one. I want to say for for season two, she's raced in Formula E for Andretti, and um, right. yeah, very very exciting. Oh, very good. Yeah, I think it was a very good, um, very good test bed. I think it's great to see in-season testing as well in Formula E. Yeah, definitely. And do you have coverage of this in Motorsport Monday? Um, we covered on Motorsport Week, which is our sister publication, um, which is also available uh, to full readers if you want to check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely. Yeah, go pick that up. Go and go and find that there. So now we'll move on to the Marrakesh preview. An interesting track, uh, some long straights, some sweeping corners. It, it seems to me that this one's going to be quite flat out um, in sections. It's going to make for another interesting race. So this is back for the third consecutive year. Uh, and I think last year Rosenquist picked up the win, uh, yes. beating Buemi. Uh, having a look in my notes, that is the case. No Rosenquist. Uh, Boemi, obviously decent at this track. Are we going to see Nissan come through, or will it be much of the same, considering there's quite a few corners uh, and long straights that will show the Cheetah and BMW dominance? I think, I mean, I hope it doesn't rain in Marrakesh, uh, in all honesty. I don't want to uh, have to miss so many practice sessions once more and all those delays. But um, I think with more practice in Marrakesh and more on track time. Um, the field might might narrow up. I know Audi um, suffered from setup issues in preparation because of the lack of running. But oh, no, no one knows really. I would like to see Sebastian Boemi do well. Uh, we haven't seen him on the top step of the podium since season three. There now. Yeah, disappointing. I don't think Renault had the had the car for him last season, unfortunately. No. Obviously, Tachita doing a much better job with the same powertrain. So, predictions. My predictions are as follows. For the Super Pole, I've got Jean-Éric Verne, André Lotra, Sebastian Buemi, Evans, and Dillman. I thought Dillman showed enough pace to get there. Evans, because he's Mitch Evans, uh, very quick. <laughs> Um, podium, I've got Evans, Dillman and Vern by some miracle. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, Dillman and Evans, yeah, they deserve a podium. They've got the pace. I think, uh, I think they can do it. 
I think Tom Dillman's a very, very, very exciting driver. I'm very glad that he's uh, driving for Neo full-time this season. Yeah, I gave him at least one vote on the fan boost. I think I might have given him two, but um, Mitch Evans <laughs> got most of those. Uh, and the first retirement, I'm going with Gary Paffett. So do you have a quick set of predictions for us, Chris? I think we're going to see Diaz to Chita very, very, very quick uh, once more. I think we'll see both Vern and Lodder in Super Bowl. As for the others, uh, who knows, I think, Da Costa, Alexander Sims, and I'm going to say Pascal Verlein. Oh, Pascal Verlein, he's a bit late to the party. Yeah, I think Pascal Verlein uh, in the Mahindra will um, put him into Super Bowl. And he'll beat D'Ambrosio on his debut, you reckon? Jerome is a very good driver. Yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of polls online in this. Who will come out on top of Mahindra, um, Verline or D'Ambrosio? And so many people have voted for Verline. But Jerome D'Ambrosio is a top driver in Formula E. He's got so many podiums, he's won races, he's got a proven track record, and is very experienced. I think he just. <laughs> he's a bit of a. A bit of a poacher in the way that he's in the right place at the right time, sort of thing, like at Dragon last season. Mm-hmm. He just seemed to put the car where it didn't deserve to be by the look of it yeah um and he was there when people would make mistakes and and um obviously got that podium later on in the season i can't remember which race it was but yeah great great driver yeah very good driver i was in a zurich when i uh i formed an interview with him uh, in the run-up to the race and uh he was longing longing for a top three finish and uh finally got that Oh, I'm really, I'm really jealous that you get to talk to all these drivers, and um, you know, <laughs> you're at quite a few of the events, obviously living um, in in Europe. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to have to have you on again and and get some of your coverage. That would be great. I would love to come on again. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, so. hopefully we can get Nathan as well. That'd be great. Full house. Yeah, so uh, where can you be found on the internet, Twitter, Facebook, um, and obviously Motorsport Monday? So you can like my Facebook page. I have a Facebook page. Uh, Salisbury Journalist should come up. On Twitter, you can follow me at Chris underscore Salisbury. And on Instagram, also using the same handle which would be great. You can also follow Motorsport Week and Motorsport Monday just by typing that in on Twitter. So, um, fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed this a lot. Uh, as a new podcast, we don't get to talk to many people. Um, we've had um, a journalist from uh, Formula E Zone, uh, Sophie Barker, on. But um, So you're our second guest. And uh, yeah. Thank you for thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, alrighty. So, uh, the Region Racing Podcast. We are on uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, and you can get in contact at hello at regionracingpodcast.com. dot uh, com. We're thankful to our host Transistor dot FM uh, and Blue Bottle Coffee keeps us charged. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you again.